Hey, Dee, are you ready for Christmas? I am. I just got back from the grocery store where I bought everything for Christmas Eve. Whew, uh, before the cold front come in, yay. If that doesn't put you in the Christmas mood, I don't know what it does. You? Yeah, I'm pretty ready. I went to the store last night. It's like a double whammy because people are Christmas shopping and, you know, the weather is coming. And so they're like, I better get this stuff before it gets bad. So, But the house is as decorated as I want it to be. Um, my cards have been sent and, um, you know, let the storm come. It'll be gone by the time Christmas Day comes. Did you get the cool card from me? I did. It's beautiful. Isn't it pretty? I thought Very that was nice. one of the prettiest cards ever. It was It was poinsettias, wasn't it? It is poinsettias. It's over there on my desk. I'll have to show it to you later. <laughs> I sent it to you. It's okay. How about you welcome everybody? I will. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's about a third of an acre. And I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on several acres out in the country. Too many. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and we want others to love it, too. Yes, we do, and we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Dee. How's your garden? Uh, it's good. I, I pulled out the zinnias and marigolds, so they're gone. Then the garden looks a lot better without those all being all nasty looking out there. Yeah. Microgreens, I picked, I harvested some more, so I sowed some more seeds. My, you know, I talked last week, I was growing celery, and the celery is actually starting to all come up, so I'm pretty excited about that. Fun. Um, that's really, you know, what else? Oh, you know, I was at the hardware store on Sunday looking for a couple of things. I found these LED light bulbs that go in a, like a regular lamp, so they're not the tubes, like the fluorescent tube replacements. Right. And I thought, oh, you know what? For five bucks for two, I think I'm going to try some. So I, I bought think, two. I think you should. And now I'm going to have to set up some lamps that I want to have like that bright plant light coming out of and then grow some plants under them. Well, that sounds good. Um, those are the full spectrum LEDs, right? Full spectrum LEDs, yes. Um, you want to hear about mine? I do. Okay, so I'm just keeping everything indoors and in the greenhouse alive. And that's that takes all I got, really, right now, with Christmas, too. Because that stupid poinsettia, which you can see behind me, yes, it, it wants to be puny at every opportunity. So right now it's sitting in the sink, got fully drenched with water, taken out of its sleeve so that the ethylene doesn't build up. And also so the water fully drains. And it's getting a little sunlight. I mean, it's, it is worse than a prima donna. And then all my bulbs are about to bloom. So that'll be cool because that'll be probably right after Christmas when I need them. That is nice. I did not buy a poinsettia this year. I keep thinking about it and I was somewhere and they were all half price. And I'm like, they're not even worth half price. Yeah, they're starting to look really bad if you're, if they're in the store. Yes. Well, why don't you hit that quote? I'm going to hit that quote. God gave us memory so that we might have roses in December. And we did not credit this to anybody. Yes, we'll have to look up who that is. But anyway, it's a famous quote, very common. We, this week, are going to talk about new flowers from 
All-American Selections, which is part of the National, it's a designation from the National Garden Bureau and people who are part of the National Garden Bureau. And it's judged all over the United States, which is cool. It is cool. And these winners are judged not by companies that get to like, wink, wink, here's my All-America selections. These are sent out to trial gardens and all kinds of people trial them and send back information. So you can't just like, wink, wink, make me a winner. These are bona fide winners. No, no, these are bona fide winners that people have in their gardens. And usually a lot of, a lot of public gardens do them, a lot of botanic gardens, a lot of universities. We've seen them all over, test gardens. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about isn't a flower at all, but it looks like a flower. And that is Coleus Premium Sun Coral Candy. D, you're going to want this. <sighs> I am so going to win it. Um, I am so excited about it. I just almost can't stand myself. It is the most beautiful leaf. It is almost heart-shaped, and it has a pink stripe down the center of each leaf. It just couldn't be any prettier. No, it could not be any prettier. And the other thing about it that they noted was this thing was grown from seed. It's a seed bread. So, Ooh, which is even cooler. I didn't know that. That is really cool. So you're, I, if I find that one, I would like to get it. Um, I don't know if that, sometimes these are a year or two before they really get out into the market, but right. in, in the meantime. So the one I want, I want yeah. Salvia Blue Bayou. I love the name. Yes. It's not Bayou like a Bayou in Louisiana. It is B-Y and then Y-O-U, which is just really cute. And it's supposed to put out rich blue flowers up to two weeks earlier than comparative types. And I was trying to look up. It looks a lot like not a salvia farinacea. It's got that other leaf, the more raggedy leaf, but a lot of flower spikes. I know bees and other creatures will be really happy. Yes, and that says that is not favored by deer or rabbits, which is also a wonderful thing about it. Yeah. Hardy to zone 4B. That's really hardy, too, even for a salvia. And then the next, the next one is Snapdragon Double Shot Orange Bicolor F1. F1 means it's a hybrid. Mom will let you talk about it. I, I, I really kind of, you know, people are like, oh, I don't really like orange flowers. Okay, you want to take a look at Double Shot Orange by Color Snapdragon. Completely change your mind. Um, it says on their website. It's not really true orange. It's more yeah, cool, don't you think? Yeah, it's not, um, it's not basketball orange. It's coral orange. More to the red. Yeah, because it says orange, warm shades of orange and yes. orange red. That's cool. But lots of strong stems, lots of branching, more flowers, even in lower light conditions. And I think I want this. And it says available soon, which means I don't know where the seed sources are going to come from, but um, they won't probably have it. Yeah. Well, we also don't. Yeah. It may not even be a seed source. I mean, I haven't looked at it that closely to see if it's done by seed or, you know, by cuttings or some other way. So it may it may be hard to get. Occasionally they are, but usually if they win, yes. you can get them in a year or two. So the next one, I the jury's out for me on this one. I don't like it. 
Lecanthemum Carpet Angel. Now, before you dismiss it, so this is a regional winner, and I'm trying to figure out what region it was. West, northwest. Maybe it's not meant for us, D. Maybe it's not. It's it's super short. Did you see that? It's six inches tall. Well, when you see the word carpet, that usually means it's a ground cover. Yeah. And my first thought was, oh, that big ground cover book I got a few weeks ago, and then I have a new ground cover book. They're already out of date because they don't list Lecanthemum Carpet Angel at six inches tall. It looks a little bit like um, a daisy with a bad hair day, but I'm sure people will like it. Yeah, I got to look at this other picture of it. Um, <laughs> it's not my thing. Uh, you know what? I, I, I think that it is worth trying. If you want a white flower that's just sort of like on the edge of the border, mm-hmm. that just sort of demarcates the, demarcates, listen to me. Um, <laughs> delineates. That defines the edge of the border. <laughs> delineates, yes, whatever. <laughs> then this one, it might be worth growing. It might be worth growing. I'm not going to dismiss it completely because the close-ups say bad hair day. It might be in mass quite the lovely flower. Well, I looked at. at it. I looked at it in mass, and, you know, it's it's kind of cute. They have. It looks like it's a trial of a whole uh, – if you go to the link, it looks like it's a trial of a whole bunch of different um, daisies, Shasta daisies, from tall to short. And so it is cute in the front of the border, but I still don't want it. Can we talk about the next plant, which is not a flower at all and I am excited about? Yes, we can. Go for it. I'm actually getting this plant. I hadn't told you yet, but Southern Living Plants contacted me and said, Hey, Dee, would you like this plant? Then I said, Heck yeah. Could I have two of them? Because I want to put them in my front pots. So this is a Colocagia, and it is Royal Hawaiian Waikiki. And I have been watching this one for quite a while because I actually follow this man's breeding in Hawaii. And it's part of the Royal Hawaiian series. And it is one of the most beautiful elephant ears I've ever seen in my life. It has a center that is white with pink midribs. And the outside is green and it's got a raised leaf. And it has all the things I want in a tropical plant. It does. And this is the first one. This is the first of this type of plant that has won All America's selection. So that's a big deal, too. Right. And they've had other Royal Hawaiian plants that I've grown that have been great. There, I can't say enough nice things about all of them. It's just this leaf coloration is just about as beautiful as it can get. And I hope that it looks like the one, if you look at the second picture in that pot, I don't know how many plants that is. But it's really something. Anyway, Becky, who is the person who sends me stuff from Southern Living, said, yes, Dee, you can have two plants. And I said, thank you. Thank you very much. That is that is nice. And this mm-hmm. one is marked where to buy. It says Brent and Becky's Bulbs has it, Monrovia, Southern Living Plant Collection, and Sunset Plant Collection. And so plant, this one looks like it's going to be easy to get. Plant Delights has it too, I think. I looked the other day. So here's here's my tip for people. I hope we link to this one in our newsletter. If we do, you guys need to go find this as soon as possible and go ahead and put in your spring order because it's going to sell out. If you like elephant ears, you know, if you like that look, and I do. Yes, if you like elephant ears and have a place for them. And so is this one that you'll try to keep the the root and the bulb going over the winter so that you have it the next year and the next year and the next year? Oh, heck yeah. 
Okay. I haven't been this excited right. about a plant since they came out with coffee cups, the Colocagia coffee cups, which is a while back, and it, it turns its leaf up like a little coffee cup and has black uh-huh. midribs. It's beautiful, too, and I kept it alive for until you could find it places because these things that are special sell out. So there's six new winners, and we, there's a nice link to an article um, in Greenhouse Grower that talks about meet the six new winners. There's some really good things. Yeah, and there. that, that, there's more than six winners. That just talks about six of them. Right. And so, want me to do the next quote? Yes, please. Chill December brings the sleet, blazing fire, and Christmas treat. That's by Sarah Coleridge. And we're nothing now going, could be truer. Nothing could be truer <laughs> this week. That. Yeah. Are you going to get snow? We're starting out with rain oh. on Thursday. And like the temperature goes from like 43 to zero. Uh, and so oh, at some point it'll turn bad. to snow. <laughs> and then Friday we should have snow on the ground. I hope we don't have ice under the snow. Yeah. And like the high uh-uh. Friday's like, I don't know, seven Something ridiculous. Yeah, ours is really low, too. They keep changing it. So I went out this morning to the grocery store, as I said. And when I was at the one grocery store, it was 39 degrees. And I didn't have a coat on because until I have to wear a coat, I'm not wearing a coat, right? I came out of the grocery store, and it was down to 36. Then And this guy was teasing me on the way out, and he goes, you're going to have to put on a coat. And I said, I know. And then I went to the second grocery store, and by the time I got there, it was 32 and now, according to my watch, it is 28. <laughs> so it's getting cold. It is. And here it's 36. I know. It's sunny. It's blazing down. We're going to get one deal first and then a second deal. And they're saying we'll get snow, but not appreciable snow. Listen to the big yeah. words we're using today. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're not big word people. Not usually. Okay, the vegetable topic. We have three All-America Selection winners in the vegetable category. So, and you know what, Dee? Huh? I, I had an email that I have a package coming from All America Selection, so I am hoping so for I. some seeds. So did I today. We're getting some seeds probably. I'm pretty excited. I hope we get the seed for this jalapeno pepper, San Joaquin. Um, it is cool because it's determinate. And so that means it's short and it produces a whole bunch of fruit in a short window, which is what I want a jalapeno sometimes to do. Because I want to chop them up and freeze them. Yeah, that is a great thing to have. And you get them all at once. And so you can harvest these green, as you can with most jalapenos, or leave them and they turn red. Still have great flavor. You don't let yours turn red. I really don't. Because you know what? I make stuffed jalapenos, the ones that are wrapped with bacon, cream cheese uh-huh. in the middle. I make those. Anything wrapped with bacon with cream cheese in the middle is good, by the way. It is extremely good and extremely easy. Great for... A party, great for a crowd, and that's what I'm going to do with mine. And they have thick-walled fruits, and they aren't too hot, which I even like better. I like a little hot, but not hot-hot. I'm over-hot-hot. Yeah, I'm over-hot-hot, too. So that is the Jalapeno Pepper San Joaquin, and we will post a link. We'll post links to all these that will take you to all America's selections, and then from there you can click, and they will tell you where you can buy those and then you can go shop those your favorite places right and on some of these you actually wrote like i don't know the the jalapeno pepper comes from bejo seeds which i have i assume that they're the breeder 
And then, but yeah. that may be where you buy it. I don't think so. I've never heard of Bayho seeds. So the next no, thing. No, that's the breeder. It'll, it'll be available from other places. Okay. And so the next one is a kabocha squash called Sweet Jade. And kabocha squashes are small, like, um, and they're really popular to bake and do different things with. Um, and you can also turn them into a soup bowl, according to this. And they're used a lot in Asian-style dishes. Why is this one great? I don't know. Oh, it's small. It's cute. And yeah, single it's single size. size. Yeah. Yes. I'm all for that. We're a house of two now. Right. So that, by the way, back up to that jalapeno. So yeah. All America Selections has this listed as available soon. So I'm not sure the seeds have gotten out there. So hopefully you'll get some seeds, Dee, because I don't I would like to grow it. Your, yeah. I think it would be fun. And that kabocha sweet jade, that is Johnny's selected seeds, and they actually are the breeder, I believe. All right, and so the next one, and we really loved our tomato seeds last year from AAS. Yes. This is a new tomato called Zinzai, and, and Bear Seminus seeds are the ones who bred it. And it is an early maturing, high yielding Roma tomato for gardeners in the Midwest. It's a regional winner. And so what I'm wondering about it, is does it have problems with blossom and drought? Because that's always my issue. Well, that is mine. But they say it has fewer issues with spots and blossom and rot. And the thing about this is it's a Roma-type tomato, right. and it is an indeterminate. And a lot of Romas are determinate. determinate. Mm-hmm. And this one's indeterminate. So, you know, it does need to be caged or staked. Maybe we'll get some seeds because this one is also available soon. This one would be fun to try because it would be interesting to see. Well, it'd just be interesting to see if it do, if it indeed is better about blossom and rot. Because it's what I always have trouble with. Yeah, because I almost I almost after this past summer swore off on Roma tomatoes because they were splitting and blossom and rot. Me too. And then I read that there's this one. I'm like, oh well, I'll try it because. Heck yeah. Why not? And a lot of times what wins is what we get sent. And then that's really fun to try it. And we will let everyone know if it indeed works. One other thing about it being indeterminate, if you do have a little blossom end rot at the beginning, it's not going to spoil half your crop. No, it is not. Because it'll produce, it should produce tomatoes all the way up until the end of the season. By the way, that is a regional winter in Great Lakes. So I definitely should try it. You sure should. Okay, I'm going to do the next quote. Are you willing to close your book of complaints against the management of the universe and look around you for a place where you can sow a few seeds of happiness? Henry Van Dyke. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, That was shared by Garden of Bright Images, and it's part of a poem. And I loved that she shared it. I thought, that's the truth. Let's Let's not complain. I almost said a bad word, but I'm I'm swearing off bad words. All right, on the bookshelf, your book, you have the book, but I'll read the title. Slow Birding, the Art and Science of Enjoying Birds in Your Own Backyard by Joan E. Strassman. And we have two links to it. So tell me about it. Yes. So I I have the library book copy. And uh, so do you remember the movie The Big Year? Did you ever watch that with Steve? Martin, Owen Wilson, and Jack Black. I did not, but it sounds good. So it's these three guys that are into bird watching. And the big year is when you try to like see 
more birds than you've ever seen in your entire life. So they literally like would get a phone call and say, on the other side of the world, they have spotted some weird bird. So they drop everything, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> to get to this site so they could see this dumb bird, put it on their list. Okay. Well, slow birding is the exact opposite of that. She says, put down the list, go to your own backyard, and really, really look closely at birds that are local to you. And so Joan Strassman, she teaches at the Washington University in St. Louis, where she is the Charles Restock Professor of Biology, and she teaches animal behavior. And so after the first chapter, when she says, you know, stop the nonsense, there are birds to be seen in your own backyard. Then there are about 16 chapters where she talks about specific birds or specific habitats. And she kind of like uses St. Louis as the home base. So most of the birds are from that area, obviously. So, but that's, that's like very common birds to everybody. Yeah. The same birds in St. Um, Louis are very popular here. Because all of us, including you, are on that migratory bird path. And so we actually, in our states, um, Indiana and also Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Missouri, all of those states, they get, in Illinois, they get a lot of birds um, because they're on the migratory pathway. And the reason we get a lot of birds, and I'm sure she said this in there, was because we get a lot of insects. We have a lot of insects. Yeah. And if you have a lot of insects, you have a lot of birds. And what I see on here that I find really interesting, and I like that she talked about northern cardinals. Um, I have a, oh, yeah. I have a plethora of northern cardinals. I have so many northern cardinals and people don't believe me until I start sharing pictures on Instagram. And it's about now because they're going to start, they stage on that, um, American wisteria. I had to think of the word mm-hmm. American wisteria. They stage on that, on the arbor. And so one of the things I'm sure she talks about is not only observing them and listening to them, which is amazing. All birds. I, the other day I was outside filling the bird feeders and yeah. I was just listening to yeah. all of them because it was a nice day. It was moist outside. They like those kind of days. They aren't going to like the next few days. It's too cold. Yeah. Anyway, um, I thought this was interesting. She says, observe their color closely in areas with different kinds of berries. Why? Well, she says their their coloring varies based on the types of berries that they're eating. That is interesting. So, and so for each chapter, uh, she provides some context uh, research if she knows about it. You know, on the chapter about the blue jays, she talked about how the blue jays were responsible for the migration of oaks uh-huh. after the glacier came down and flattened like Michigan and parts of Indiana. Then as the the blue jays traveled north with their acorns that they planted, it reestablished the oak population as you go further north. Right. And so it's very fascinating at the end of each chapter, she also has activities that you can do based on those birds. And I'm I'm not done reading it. I've just started reading the one on European starlings, which is like not anybody's darling bird. No, I hate them. <laughs> actually, they're big pigs, but and they're not native. But, she, but whatever. No, we have them. But she talks about observing the cardinals at their feeders and how they feed, listen to their song. And I do believe the song we start our podcast with is cardinal. It is a cardinal. We looked at it um, one time observe their clo- 
color more closely. And then the other thing she says, and she'll offer uh, suggestions on how to improve the environment with them. And for them, get rid of honeysuckle and multifloral rose, neither of which is good for the cardinals. Well, it's not good for anybody. Multi. Okay, no. so we've talked about this before. Japanese honeysuckle is a huge problem all over our forested areas because it's taking over the native stuff. And it's the thing that stays green well into winter. And it also greens up really, really early in spring. And it is, if you look like, I mean, where you live, it does it. And as I drive up toward Tulsa because I'm on the east side of I-35. When you get up by Tulsa, it is terrible. You can just see it all over the place. It's super green. And on top of that, it's not good for anybody. And then multiflora rose, that's the evil spirit that brought all of us rose rosette disease. It's Rosa multiflora. It's from Japan. It shouldn't be here. And it is extremely invasive. And on top of it, it's the thing that creates all the rose rosette. So interestingly, but we always come back to the same things, don't we? We do. The thing is, um, so she has some suggestions like that, but I don't think she's not really preachy in the book, no. which is very, uh, very wonderful. So this <laughs> is wonderful. slow birding. It's a good slow read. And so I, I'm uh, about halfway through and I want to finish it before I take it back to the, actually, I might actually buy a copy because it's actually pretty good. So it reminds me of the bluebird effect, which we did earlier in the year. Every once in a while, I pull it out and I read another chapter on birds. Remember, she was the artist that drew birds and learned how yes. to attract them. Yes. It's also a very slow read. Um, but you know what? Yes. Um, I sent you a quote this morning about how nobody reads anymore. And we got to be, we, I find it harder to read complicated things than I once did. So I'm trying to do better. You got to keep reading them. You do because keep you'll lose them. your, that's my point, And I'm not making it very well this morning is you lose your ability if you don't keep doing it. Right. So anyway, I have the library book. I actually think I'm going to go ahead and buy the book. Slow birding, the art and science of enjoying the birds in your own backyard by Joan E. Strassman. Very cool. There you go. You want to do the next quote? Please. The way you spend the way you spend Christmas is far more important than how much. Henry David Thoreau. During this time of high inflation, that is something we really should remember. Um, because it is yeah. tough. So our dirt this week, you brought up the fact the legend of the Christmas rose. Now this is interesting because um, my Christmas rose is blooming out there. This is the first year I've ever had a Hellebore Sniger blooming in December. You always have one, but not always, but it's been blooming since November and it's still out there chugging along. And the the flowers stay all through the winter. They don't look as good uh, now as they did when they first bloomed, but they'll just stay on. They, they persist as they say, and they'll, they'll fade from pink from white into pink. And then, you know, so people were, I got more interaction. I just put it on my story. And I got more interaction from people than I've gotten on anything in a month because people were like, what is that? Is that blooming now? What is that? Wait a minute. That's a hellebore. Don't they only bloom during um, March, you know, February, March? I said, well, no, hellebores Niger can start in November and bloom all the way through December and January. And just depends on the kind of weather you have and such and whether it gets pollinated, you know, all that kind of thing, which right now nobody's pollinating. It's too cold. So. 
So the thing about it is, if you look at vintage postcards and old Christmas decorations from... I have a plate. I'm going to say the 20s, 30s. They they look like they have a rose, but it's actually the Helleborus Niger, the, the Christmas rose. Mm-hmm. And I bought a book, I'm going to show it to you, called The Legend of the Christmas Rose by Henry E. Jackson. I'm jealous. I really want that book. It's from 1914. Mm-hmm. And basically, he... It's it's interpretations of five Christmas paintings, and the first one is the legend of the Christmas rosing, rose, and there's a famous painting by Alfred Hitchens that they have a picture of, and maybe I'll make this our picture for the, because I couldn't find it online. Uh, I only have the black and white picture because the book's from 1914. Sure. But the legend is of a little, and some people think she was a shepherdess or the daughter of a shepherd. You know, and they are at the manger scene with the Christ child, and she is upset because she sees the wonderful gifts that the three wise men have brought, and she has nothing to give. Mm-hmm. And so she begins to cry, and her, her angel, her guardian angel, turns the tears into the Helleborus Niger flowers. And so then she has the beautiful Christmas roses to give to the Christ child. Well, and that's, that's the lovely. legend, and that's what the painting is. And it shows a little girl kneeling, and she's holding in her hand a, a bunch of the flowers. And then there's Mary sitting there with the Christ child. And in the background is an angel, and it, the angel's feet are all the Helleborus Niger. So I was hoping to find a color picture of this painting, which is in a church in, I think, New York City somewhere. Hmm. It says, well, this one, this book says... And this is 1914. Who knows where the painting is? Right. The original of this painting is owned by Mr. Charles G. Phillips and is at present at the Christian Union Congregational Church of Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Huh. So it's in New Jersey. So I don't know where the painting is now, but I'll do a little more searching and see if I can find it. And I'll make that our picture or um, a picture of a Christmas rose. That'll be on our newsletter. And then also we, when we talked about this, we were... that story is very similar to the poinsettia story. And there's a beautiful children's book, which I will go and find, and we can put it in our newsletter. And it is um, about Josefina, if I remember right. And I've read it about 42 times, so I should have that down. It's the same idea. She and her family are doing La Posada, and they are going up to the church. And um, she has nothing to bring the Christ child because she's very poor. And so she's very sad. And she, um, an angel appears to her, points to some weeds along the road because the poinsettia grows native in Mexico. And when she, when she gets, she says, gather these and they're still green. And then when she walks in and lays them at the Christ child's feet at the nativity, they turn red. And so that's one reason that I, um, have poinsettias is because I love that story. I think the story is beautiful. And so you wrote in here. Go ahead and say it. I did write that these are all sweet stories and all reminders that whatever you bring, whether humble or grand, you bring it, whether to whatever you're going to. And remember that all gifts, even the simplest, if given with love, are the best gifts of all. Gosh, that's poignant. That's like a Christmas carol or something. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) It's beautiful. So um, you want to do the next quote? I do. Remembrance, like a candle, burns brightest at Christmas time. Charles Dickens. 
So our, we don't have any rabbit holes this week. I got into a little bit of a rabbit hole this morning because I had to go do a medical test. And afterwards, I was starving, even though I have been doing intermittent fasting, but I just couldn't do it today. So I went to eat, and I was sitting there reading on my phone, and I read about, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, panettone. And it is the Christmas bread in Italy that is, a sh- it's a sourdough fruit bread and it's a big deal and um anyway i was just looking up can you find gluten-free ones and but there's a nice article in the new york times about panettone and how it has made the travel around the globe the same way pizza has Uh uh-huh and so yeah you i see that at the store i mean boxes and boxes and boxes of it and different flavors and stuff right I, I've never bought it, but some people say that certain, I mean, obviously some are going to be better than others and they do make gluten-free ones and they're actually recipes all over the internet. But if you think I'm going to do that three days before Christmas or whatever, are we on the 20th? Okay. Five days before Christmas, that is just isn't going to happen. I think I might get some snickerdoodles done. That might be it. So what about you? Do you have a rabbit hole? So it is right before Christmas. So I, I don't have a ton of rabbit holes. Um, I did post on my blog on the 18th, which was my grandmother anniversary of my grandmother's birth 130 years ago, an assignment she did in high school around botany. That was cool. And, uh, you know, as somebody said, this is, this, this is an example of the failure of education today. They can't imagine a high school student doing a botany study for an entirely year and producing a 144 page document. It's like a master's degree thing. I mean, seriously. Yeah, and then someone else posted that, uh, you know, it was hard to believe that after high school or whatever that people could go off and be teachers. And, yeah, you know, well, yeah, a lot. And the lady who um, – we talked about this just briefly on the podcast once before and right when you got it from, you know, your relative. And then the lady who looked it over and graded it, which you're – wonderful grandmother got an A. Of course she did, because it was fabulous. She was a botanist, a lady botanist. Yes, yes, which I thought that was extremely unusual, because this assignment is from 1908 through 1909 school year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So what a a gem you got, you know it? Yes, yeah, so I am preserving, and like I said, I have scanned it. So, I mean, as, as a rabbit hole I had visited earlier when I got that, and then I, I guess I revisited it and thought, I'm going to post this for her birthday, the 18th of December. That was a really nice post. I read it. Um, okay, so we're going to now talk about our garden commissions, and I, mine is quick. <laughs> I'm going to go around and finish unhooking all the hoses because, you know, we still had them up. I mean, still had them on because it just hasn't been that cold here, even on the coldest day. And we still have to fill the fountain because we keep the fountain up for the birds and stuff. Right. And so right. I will be unhooking hoses today. And I have a lot of hoses hooked up, so it's going to take something. And make sure and keep your heaters in your fountains. And I will be doing that, like winter proofing. That's what I will be doing. And I am already winterproof because it gets cold here earlier. I do have a heated bird bath. I'm going to make sure that's full of water, and I'm going to make sure to keep my feeders full. Here, too. Although, the, I put out peanuts for the Blue Jays, and they're piggies. They, <sighs> it's like an hour, and they 
emptied the whole thing. It's like once a day. I'm only filling it once a day. <laughs> yeah, we only fill once a day. So, so and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go around and see if there's any winter interest for pictures or whatever. And it'll be nice. If it does snow enough that, you know, I can take some nice pictures. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I do have those light bulbs I bought. I need to figure out what plants are going to be uh, blessed with the full-spectrum LED bulbs that I bought. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I still haven't sown my microgreens. Present. I guess I could do that, but I don't know. I'm having trouble keeping everything alive. So, there you go. So, you ready to wrap this up? I'm ready to wrap this up. We had a momentary pause in the internet, which is why I was, like, sitting here. Yeah. I, I, it, was, it was a short <laughs> pause. You'll be able to fix it. I will fix it. Thank you for listening to The Garden Angelus. I hope you've hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. We publish every week on Wednesdays at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review that helps us get noticed by others. Could you also share our podcast with your friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out there. And be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And subscribe to our fabulous Substack newsletter. It's one of my favorite things. The Garden Angelist at Substack.com, also linked to in our show notes. And if you want to help support us, use those affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on them, we're in a small commission and it costs you nothing. It was lovely to chat with all of you, all of you over the garden gate. Bye until next week and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye, everybody.